Welcome to the Mobile Economy Podcast. This week we'll be talking about the history of mobile trucks, food trucks, and mobile service providers and the new types of service providers we're seeing coming on the uh, roads today. So we're watching the evolution of bricks and mortar to wheels and asphalt. And we'd like to welcome all of those who are also tuned in to App Mobiles on Clubhouse today. We have a new Clubhouse uh, uh, chat room going today. So anybody who happened to join into the Clubhouse, we'll try to get to any comments at the end and uh, everything. But that's exciting that we're also now, while we're recording the podcast here today for distribution on Apple, Android, Play, and on YouTube, we're also live streaming onto the Clubhouse platform. So, Dominic, give us a little bit of history of the food truck industry. So, uh, there's actually a pretty interesting history of the food truck industry. It all goes back to 19, or excuse me, 1691 in New Amsterdam, which is now known as New York City, um, and they first began regulating street vendors for selling food from just push carts. Then we move on to 1936, and the Oscar Mayer Wiener um, mobile cart starts rolling out their first portable hot dog cart. So they're starting the infamous, you know, New York City hot dog carts that you can find anywhere now. That turned into meat on a stick? Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and then we jump to 1974, where uh, this man named Raul Martinez converted an old ice cream truck into the nation's first taco truck. Again, this is um, the history of the American food truck uh, industry. So right. he did this nation's first taco truck and parked it outside of an East Los Angeles bar. Since then, the food truck industry has just exploded. There's so much more than just taco trucks or, um, you know, hot dog uh, carts out on the street. Um, and it's really grown into an entire mobile vendor economy as we use the term often. Yeah, so the exciting thing is that here in 2021 and the late part of 2020, we were seeing a lot of uh, what were brick and mortar businesses now converting. We've seen that throughout the last couple of years, but it's definitely picked up steam with COVID and the hit to the retail space. So office parks, we're seeing a little bit of comeback in different parts of the country. The strip centers are not seeing a very good comeback in a lot of areas, and the high rents are driving a lot of people to now put things into mobile platforms. So a lot of exciting ones from even big names like Nissan, who has a concept where they take a Sprinter van and are making a pre-built office that slides into the back of the Sprinter van to make the Sprinter van be a fully functional mobile cubicle on wheels so that you can provide services anywhere. Uh, here in the Raleigh market, we've got a law firm that has got a really big uh, Winnebago that has been converted into a law office. Same thing down in South Florida. So we have seen the uh, law offices embrace the mobile platform and go with some very big units such as having the ability to make copies, air conditioning, coffee bar, everything that you would have in a, in a law office inside of the, um, inside this mobile platform for the legal space. So, I mean, that's kind of exciting because you know, we, we see them going into different communities, so. Yeah, and they've also gone into the health services industry. So as you probably know, if you followed us for a while, we do plenty of mobile blood drives um, and we work with American Red Cross 
and uh, one my one blood um and then there's also the covid testing has gone mobile um as well as we've seen a couple of vaccination areas as well that are more in like a outdoor kind of trailer setup rather than going indoor somewhere um, because that of course really helps out with social distancing um, we've also seen pet grooming um, mobile vets that will come to your house and take care of your pet rather than you having to go to an actual vet office um, there's also mobile beauty salons they do nails hair makeup mobile retail would be clothing uh, sports equipment We've talked about mobile gyms in the past, as well as mobile gaming. Um, so there's actually this one truck, um, and I believe it's just called mobile gaming. I'll put up a picture somewhere of it and a link in our description, um, but it's actually owned by a veteran and it's right here in, I believe, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and they have like TVs, flat screen TVs inside of their bus, as well as like outdoor activities where you could set up a Nerf um, battle course or um, like tag or flag football and fun stuff like that you could have at like a kid's party. One, one we saw down in the Orlando market um, had the ability to game in inside and outside of the truck, but also they have mobile uh, RC. So like oh, nice. large size RC and a inflatable track that they bring out. So it's cool. very much a good team building uh, event. So the gaming and bringing some of that fun uh, back in into a safe way, given that you don't have um, many of the big fun centers, you know, the Dave and Buster's type of places uh, open today, people come up with interesting ones. Um, and then um, one I also saw that was not a small, so some of the, the, the retail boutiques that we have seen, such as the country, the, uh, country wear and some of the more artsy type uh, clothing, were using renovated uh, small airstreams and doing nice retail platforms and then in, inside of them. Uh, and then from Elkhart, Indiana, uh, comes a monstrous uh, scrubs. So serving the healthcare industry throughout Indiana and actually all the way down to North Carolina, that uh, big fifth wheel uh, platform is, is uh, towed and is able to provide fitting and all types of good quality uh, apparel for the healthcare industry from that, that scrubs on wheels uh, facility. So, and uh, we also should mention, you know, our, our partner in a lot of these markets, Spiffy, has been doing a lot in the, in the space. So they're not just car washes today. They are um, car washes, oil change, fleet maintenance, tires, I believe batteries. So they're doing a lot more of that maintenance, as well as they can come in if you've got a problem with COVID outbreak in an office uh, or a retail place, and you need to have the facility clean because they're in the cleaning business. I mean, they they know how to safely clean vehicles and have done that for decades. They employ uh, people who are fully trained to deal with the COVID virus. They come in in the hazmat suits and are able to make sure that a facility is uh, COVID compliant and clean after an exposure. So that's kind of exciting. But, um, you know, the big thing is, is that we're seeing so many of these other platforms uh, being used. I think we're really just scratching the surface today. I think we're going to see a lot more of the type of um, uh, mobile vehicles being used in ways we haven't even dreamed up. So. Yeah, 
I definitely agree with that, um, especially with the pandemic still going on. Even though it's great, everyone's getting their vaccines and we're hoping to get back to some kind of normal soon. Um, I still think all these businesses moving to mobile is a really great shift because it just makes it so much more accessible to so many more people who can't necessarily or don't have the time to come into a physical store yeah, or there's wherever. A, there's a convenience factor to it, but there's also a number of places that you have to travel long distances for, you know, like the legal services. That that mobile platform can now be legal services in underserved areas, but also the same thing with the retail. So if you've got locations of a, a town or, or region that are not served by things such as, uh, you know, iPhone repair stores or, or certain types of uh, retail establishments, now a mobile platform can service those. Uh, you know, the big question that I think we get the most here is, uh, why would somebody go mobile versus brick and mortar? And the big answer to that is, you know, cost availability. Mm-hmm. We, we've said so many times, you know, it's all about the location. Well, when you're um, not bricks and mortar, your wheels on asphalt, if your location's not working out, go get a new location. So you can then prospect and find other locations. And people like the, um, the variety. So you're not seeing the same store over and over. It's not Party City next to the mm-hmm. pizza place. It's the Barone, um, you know, Italian truck, the lobster truck, and iPhone repair or scrubs on wheels. So it's something unique and it brings the people out and it does it in a safe way. And then next week you can have a property that has a whole different mix of the uh, food and retail locations that are rolled in. Yeah, and one of the other big benefits for uh, somebody, a business owner, to go from a brick and mortar to a mobile business. Um, For somebody who's just starting their business, they don't necessarily already have a store. Um, It's a lot more cost efficient, as Eric mentioned. There's also no worry about leases or um, figuring out what kind of regulations you need to follow. Of course, there's that with a mobile business, but it's definitely different and there's a lot less commitment to it when you're going mobile versus doing a 12-month lease on a storefront that you have no idea if it's actually going to turn yeah, out I mean, successful The, the scary part to leasing space in retail is the long-term lease commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if this is going to work, and finding landlords today that will give you a short-term lease is really hard. The average in office space is you know, five years. Sometimes, depending on the area, the average on a retail space could be a minimum of five years and as much as a 10-year, depending on the, um, the availability, which is good from the person when they get into a 10-year business uh, and, and have the, the resiliency there to uh, go through the ups and downs and have a stable amount of rent. It's not good if you hit a dip in your business early on. That's what puts a lot of businesses out and unfortunately has put a lot of people into bankruptcy early in a business life cycle because they weren't able to uh, get a landlord that was able to give them a good deal on a lease and help them get started. So that that is one of the uh, areas where I see these mobile businesses having quite the advantage over some of the brick and mortar locations. Right. And especially with the pandemic, all the regulations that had been made throughout the past year, a lot of businesses were forced to shut down either temporarily or because of that temporary shutdown, ended up shutting down permanently because they just 
could not open, they weren't an essential business. So um, if they had something that was mobile, it would have been a lot easier for them to still go out and have some sort of source of revenue. Well, and the foot traffic is gone in a lot of downtown areas. So even like our our town that we're based in, the foot traffic is way down, even though we've got a lot of outdoor dining. The amount of people that are walking into the art galleries and the wine shop and, and everything are next to none. And many of those businesses are closed and um, have had a really hard time. So you're seeing that still, even though there's more activity and people are going out to, to dinner, you're not getting the type of foot traffic that keeps a uh, brick and mortar location open. Right, because people don't want to stay out and potentially expose themselves to even more by going into store after store. Um, if they did make the decision to go out and eat, you know, they're probably not going to make a bunch more decisions yeah, it's, like it's that a, in the same night. It's a very laser focus. I'm going to go eat at this location. We're going to, you know, get there at this time. Mm -hmm. We're going to then exit there, leave, and not, not stroll to the chocolate shop, not stroll to the wine shop. Uh, type of situation. Exactly. So, um, And the other thing about mobile business over a brick and mortar shop for people who already have their business established, this makes it way more uh, catered to social distancing because you can't have, there's only so many people you can have inside of your truck if you even allow people in your truck. Um, you can only have so many in the first place. So in order to keep social distancing, um, procedures in place, it's a lot simpler because you could just tell people, okay, distance yourselves out in this parking lot or wherever right. the location is. Um, people are already going to do that automatically. And then you can invite people in one at a time or take things out of your bus. Like with the uh, boutiques I've seen in a lot of the pictures, they actually have their clothing racks all outside of their little shop um, out of the bus itself. And people can browse that way in an outdoor and open air um, type of setting rather than being in a confined space with other people. Yeah, there's uh, there's one that's a uh, uh, multi-level marketing clothing company, LuLaRoe, that has got a number of these buses that, uh, or not buses, these trucks that the back of it folds down and they wheel carts of the clothing out and they set up under a couple of tents a large retail location and basically they build a outdoor retail store in a matter of minutes. So it's kind of impressive. That was something they were doing um, for some uh, you know, events and food truck rodeos pre-COVID and now they've amped it up and, and we see them doing it even in more places around the country and, and doing it even better. We hope you enjoyed hearing about why it's beneficial to go from a brick and mortar setting to mobile for your business. If you have any questions or wanna know how to get started in that process, feel free to shoot us a message um, on our social media, on our website contact form, or our vendor uh, support email, um, and we'll try to help you out with that. Um, make sure to follow us on social media. We're mobiles, uh, M-O-B-L-Z, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel that this video, if you're just listening, 
we record these podcasts on video as well now. Um, so we'll have that video up and live on YouTube the same time that we have this podcast up and, and live. If you're one of the early adopters of Clubhouse, come take a look for us. We'll we'll get our act together and we'll publish the links a little bit better about when we plan on being on Clubhouse to give people a little more notice so that they can join into the discussion and probably in the next couple months uh, have a couple of guests that will take some live questions into the podcast from that social media platform. Thank you so much for watching our video today.